Happy New Year, everybody. It's not going to be a happy podcast, but Happy New Year. Ken Dunnick, Mark Eckel, The Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. want to remind everybody it's sponsored by Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine. The January issue will be out tomorrow on our website for free, jerseymanmagazine.com. Check it out. And I also want to remind everybody that if you're doing a podcast, contact Joe Congemi at Sweet Recording Studios here in Mount Laurel. They do a great job, and they'll do it for you. Um, Mark, we're going to discuss a range of emotions that I think every Eagles fan is facing. Angry, disappointed, frustrated, confused a little bit. The bottom line for me, and we're, I'm going to go through a checklist of, of reasons why. I, I, I truly believe this team is 95% done. The only reason I'm hanging on to any glimmer of hope at all is because they've got a couple character guys that do do the right things and say the right things like Hertz and Kelsey. Unfortunately, they're in the minority, so I don't believe the rest of the team is on board with Sirianni and his staff at this point. So like I say, I, I, we've got some character guys. They may be able to pull this through, but I would be very, very surprised. Starting out with you, just give me your overall comments of, of the game on Sunday and, and what your opinion of the Eagles is going into uh, the playoffs. Well, the game was a disaster. I, you know, I warned you. I said, and I never, ever, ever, ever thought the Cardinals would win this game. Mm-hmm. Never thought it. I mean, I would have, thank God I didn't, but if, if, you know, the money line bet, I would have bet a lot on me. I did. I had a a 17 parlay work, and I did the Eagles on the money line. That's a little bit of why I'm so bitter this morning. (laughs) That is why you're bitter. But let me me ask you this. Do you think it's the worst worst loss I can remember during the season in Eagles Eagles history? People say that. They forget. The Eagles have been bad. They were bad. No, no, no. I'm just talking about what's on the line and the quality of the team. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, put on, putting yeah, all that into consideration. It's right up there. Um, I covered the team for 32 years and followed them, you know, from afar the last, whatever, seven. It's a, it's right up. If it's not the worst, it's top three. Um, I mean, a three and t- with all that's on the line, a three and 12 team coming into your stadium and dominating yeah. you like that. Time of possession was two to one. I know we, we say that doesn't matter. It did matter in this game because the their Cardinals goal never was to punted. keep the offense off the field. They never punted the football. Never Can you believe that? The Cardinals, the Cardinals made one mistake on offense the entire day. And the Eagles got a 99 yard interception return. Kind of a right. fluke, but that yeah. was the only mistake. Murray thought the receiver was breaking out, the receiver broke in. Murray threw it where he thought it was going to be. Sidney Brown standing there saying, hey, look at this. You know, that was the only good play the defense made the entire day. Yeah. And it was a mistake. It was much more a mistake by the Cardinals. I'll give Brown credit for the return. It was a hell of a return. Yeah, but it was but also a busted route. It was also a busted route by the receiver, right. and, it was, you know, it was a lucky play. Yeah, really. he went the wrong way. I had a nice return. Like, like I texted you, during, I, I would have caught that pass. I know there's no doubt in my mind I would I wouldn't have brought it back 99 yards. You always had good hands anyway. I do have good hands. I yeah, that's good. What, that's why. I, but, I but I got bad legs. So <laughs> I wouldn't have gone 99. I'm going to have a lateral <laughs> to somebody else. But, but anyway, um, I thought the Cardinals, I told you this last week, and I, like I said, I never thought the Cardinals would win, but I thought Gannon's knowledge of the team, of the players, of their of their strengths and weaknesses, it's basically the same system that they're running, same deep, that same players, that he would keep it closer than whatever, what, 13, whatever, you know, or they, it would be a game. I thought it would be a game, and it was. 
but I never ever. Although watching the game, as I'm watching it unfold, I'm saying Cardinals might win this game. Oh well, uh, well no. Uh, so let, let's go uh, number one. Here's we have no defense. I mean, we have one of the worst back sevens in football, and our vaunted defensive line that everybody says is great has disappeared right before our eyes. Check this out. Arizona was the 24th-ranked offense in the NFL coming into that game. They rushed for 221 yards. Um, Kyler Murray was, uh, I believe, 25 for 31 in passing, which confirms my theory. We can't cover. We can't tackle. We can't defend. We, We don't have a defense. Where did this defensive line go? How many times do we not get pressure on the quarterback? And I get it. Kyler Murray's a tough guy to bring down. I get it. But he wasn't even flushed out of the pocket that often. I mean, it, it was it was a stunning lack of uh, effort and discipline by a team that had everything to gain in that football game. It, it, it just it astounded me. It was a bad weekend. I mean, you had, first of all, Eagle fans had to kind of root for the Cowboys on Saturday night. No, I couldn't do it. Sorry. You couldn't, I couldn't. You I couldn't you make my. I know I should have. I couldn't make myself. I'm being honest. I couldn't. Okay, do it. but they did. I mean, but the, the hatred right, runs deep. The, the hatred right, runs deep. <laughs> the right thing happened for the Eagles. So the Cowboys won, which right. knocked the Lions out of. I mean, the Eagles. If the Lions win that game, and then the Eagles are looking at being the third seed instead of the second seed. Which yeah. By the by the way. In that game, not to get off point, but Dan Campbell, after they get uh, called and they ha- they go back to the seven-yard line, the fact that he doesn't kick that extra point makes absolutely no sense to me. I agree 100%. No, no sense. So uh, Mike McCarthy, even with his poor game and clock management, uh, was <laughs> able to fool in there. It looked like both the coaches were trying to lose, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, it went their way. So now all they got to do is beat the lowly Cardinals. And then the Giants, and they're going to be the, back to the two seed, and maybe even there's one seed still on the on the table. If Absolutely. the Rams, I don't think they will. But but again, if the one seed's on the table, and you're going to be at least a two, which isn't bad, right? And you're going to win the division, which is great. And they lose to the. I mean, so everything is there for you, and you're home, like you said. You're, the game was in Arizona. You never know on the road. No, there's no way that Arizona Cardinals. The the, the win actually hurt the. In the grand scheme of things, that win actually hurt the Cardinals because it dropped him from the second pick to the right. fourth. Right. Well, I don't know what their plans are to draft, but I mean, again, it's a good win for the Cardinals because it's when you're, I don't know, you never played on a bad team. You all, you only played on championship teams, so you don't know what being bad's like. But oh, thank uh, God. Memphis might have been bad, right? Was Memphis wasn't real good? Oh, we were like five and six, four and seven. We played a tough schedule though. We were playing yeah. Texas A and M and Florida State and all those guys. So, but if so, a win is always good, right? I mean, you still yeah. you the Cardinal players left that left the stadium because they don't care about the players don't care about the draft players don't want a good draft because it might you they might be drafting the guy to take their place so mm-hmm. cardinal players felt pretty good i'm sure after that game and gannon i'm sure gannon felt great beating beating the eagles and sirianni so um but the but the, there's deeper issues than the defense being bad and the linebacker no there home. there is well, i'll go through and check but it's i just a- want to tell you um 
our defensive line, where, where where's Jordan Davis? Did you ever hear his name called in the broadcast? I don't. I, I know you, you I couldn't mean, hear the broadcast because you were no, out I, there I, watching I, I could that, watch it, but I couldn't hear it. I was here yeah. in the Baltimore Miami game. But, I mean, Jalen uh, Carter looks like he's tired or something. He He's not the player. You know, Fletcher Cox, I guess, you know, he he's close to being done. How about this? How about do you think uh, the Matt Patricia move? How about this? They were actually blitzing a little bit more than I thought uh, they did in the past. And Kyler Murray did a really good job, and the receivers of sight adjusting the blitz, which the Eagles, I guess, don't do because we don't break off many routes. But they're also dropping Hassan Reddick into coverage. And, you know, that's the only guy besides Josh Sweat that's getting heat on the quarterback. So a lot of times you try to be the smartest guy in the room and you have egg on your face. And that's exactly what happened in this game. You're, you're taking our best pre- pass rusher, putting him into a coverage to try to fool somebody. When you're playing a 3-12 and 12 team, you don't need to fool them. <laughs> you need to beat them. Well, that was the dumbest thing ever. And Sirianni's answer was even dumber. Hassan Reddick. Now, you remember, he was a first-round pick by, by the Cardinals right. out of Temple, which was, hey, kid from Temple, first round. And the thing about him was, where, what are we going to do with him? Because, you know, he could, he could do a lot of different things. Well, the Cardinals kind of – the Cardinals wanted him to drop in coverage and do this and do that and try to make him a, you know, a jack-of-all-trades and this kind of – and that's not what he – and he didn't – he really wasn't living up to his first-round status with the Cardinals. It's not until he went to, I believe, Carolina – where the Carolina coach at the time, I forget who it was, might have been probably was still Ron Rivera, maybe, said, No, 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 we're not this guy mm-hmm. gonna rush the quarterback. Exactly. That's what he's good at. The hardest thing to do and the most important thing to do in this league is to get the quarterback, right? That's mm-hmm. if you're you want to get the quarterback. That's what it's all it's about. It's the hardest thing to do, and it's the most important right. thing important to do. Thing. So, he, so Carolina said, We got a guy to no, forget you know, you go that way. You're going, you're going down, you're not dropping the back, you're going after the quarterback. And he did. He became a double-digit sack guy, he made, and then the Eagles gave him a, a lot of money. And his first couple in, the, in Philly, he was—that's what he did. So for, you know, for Sirianni to say, "Well, we wanted to—you—you you can't be pre- predictable." You can't. Well, Reggie White was predictable. Do, he went do, after the listen, Lawrence do, Taylor was predictable. Do what you, you, you do well. Do what you do well, especially when you're playing a, an inferior team. Do what you do. Make them right. beat you. Don't beat yourself. All right. Don't so we've been on the defense. Let's vent on the offense a little bit. The play calling is predictable, and the execution is poor. The last drive, the Eagles get a huge break when Arizona decides to onside kick, which I found shocking because. Oh, I love um, it. They still had a couple of uh, timeouts left in the two-minute warning. So, oh, they, it wasn't. It wasn't for that. I, it's funny. I'm sitting with some people, and the Cardinals score. And I said, I swear to you, I said, Cardinals are going to onside kick here. They looked at me and I said, Why not? They got nothing to lose. Well, it's I true. They were, and I thought the Eagles would never. Ex- good. Hey, give the Eagles special teams credit. I mean, if we're going to give anybody credit, and that's the, the only, that's the only thing that's good recovered. about the Eagles right now is the special team. Because the Cardinals could have easily recovered. I mean, I, I. Sirianni even admitted, "Oh no, I didn't see that coming." But thank God, <laughs> you know whatever, because nobody saw it coming. Yeah, so that well, wasn't that was a good move. Like I give Gannon credit there. Why not? Listen, I didn't see that coming. There's only two things to prepare for: they kick it deep or it's an <laughs> onside kick. I mean, come on, right? what are we talking about here? Now let's talk about the plays on the last drive. Okay, now we get the ball in great territory. We're down. I think we're about at the. The 20, right? It wasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, they, they got it at like the 30-something, but they moved to the 20. Right. Moved to the 20. 
So, um, and there's a penalty. So now it's first and goal from the 20. Am I, am first I correct? And 20 from the first, no, first and 20 from the 30. First and 20 from the 30. They run two qu- uh, quarterback draws with right. a quarterback whose leg is still gimpy. You can tell he's not running with the abandon that he used to run. Sirianni's excuse was, well, they're, they're blitzing gaps and, you know, we, we could have broke, broke it. Well, Listen, I, I guess that's true. I guess that's possible if you have a, a quarterback that runs like a Kyler Murray right now because Jalen Hurts can't run like that right now. But you've also got A.J. Brown, who's one of the best clutch receivers, especially in the red zone, in the league. And you go, uh, you run two, two quarterback draws, and then on third – down, you run a screen pass, uh, wide a, a wide receiver screen, blocking with Devontae Smith, who, by the way, hurts his ankle and is now going to be questionable for the Giants game on Sunday. And it goes nowhere. And now we have to settle for a field goal against a team that you know is going to come down and score a touchdown because we haven't stopped them the entire second half. I, yeah, everything you said. I, Tom, tell me what makes sense there. I mean, to me, it's 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 so elementary what what you're supposed to do, and this team decides not to do it. it, it no, I wouldn't. Crazy. Like, I wouldn't have panicked and just thrown the ball all, all over the field at first and twenty. And then you might get picked. You might get a sack. You might. There's a lot of bad. Yeah, but you got Goddard in the middle. Oh, I mean, right, there, right. I would have done something. Say there, there's there's yeah. a there's there's a there's a big gap between conservative not wanting to you know and then playing crazy like i like the, who was the what game did they lose where they went deep when they couldn't have gone deep? remember hurts really two interceptions on balls that he shouldn't have thrown yeah i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have gone to the end zone say you know on first and 20 but if you want to run well you got a guy named swift who's not a bad running back mm-hmm. cardinals are not very good against the run Maybe you run Swift on first and 20. Maybe he breaks it instead of Hurts with the, like you said, who's not healthy. Um, maybe, like you said, got it over the middle for 10 yards. You don't need you don't need to get all 20 back on first and 20. But game, right. game 10, now it's second and 10. Now you can do something different. Yeah, that was a bad sequence. But with all that said, the offense, I mean, 30-some points should be enough to beat the Cardinals. Right? Uh, I, 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 again, you know, seven of those points were defensive right. points. But you know, I, I listen. It's just they're they're not clicking, and I question a lot of these decisions. Let's go to my next point. Well, there there are telltale signs that this team is fractured, and I point to uh, AJ Brown refusing to talk to the media. In my opinion, he's not talking because he will tell the truth, and the truth is he's lost faith in these offensive coaches. Um, There's sideline tension, uh, certainly last week, between Sirianni and key players. Um, There's, you know, Devontae Smith saying, listen, I'm not happy, we're not playing well. You know, Brandon Graham a couple weeks ago blaming the defensive coordinator switch on the media. These are all finger-pointing signs that uh, fractured teams uh, seem to show what what's your opinion on that is this oh. team together or no oh, no this team's as split as i've seen since 2005 with the team when the to mess happened um where you know there's yeah this team you're right you hit it right on the head about people are ripping aj brown for for not talking no aj brown doesn't like you said he doesn't trust he even told the media yesterday that i'm not mad at y'all 
there's nothing don't get don't take this personal i'm not i'm not talking it's not that i'm not talking because i'm mad at a writer misquoted me or something that because that's you know that's happened through the years writer players get mad at the writers for saying or misquoting or you know whatever yeah. that no you made that clear i'm not mad at any of the media i just don't have nothing to say because he knows he's too honest he couldn't help himself if he's asked he's going to rip sirianni he's going to rip the coaching staff and he mm-hmm. doesn't want to do that so i give i kind of give aj brown more credit than criticism for knowing that he's he doesn't want to get himself he doesn't want to be the bad guy uh, also mark I, I, know, I, I, I noticed I noticed in Sirianni's press conference yesterday um, that they're still doing the Zoom thing. And, you know, the dynamic of, you know, you did it for 32 years. You're there. You can ask follow-up questions. They give you one question and, and they cut you off. I mean, what? why are we still doing that? Why don't we still have live press conferences? Again, because the team wants to control all the information in and out, right? Oh yeah, I said this during the during COVID when COVID was at its peak and they started doing this, you know, guys weren't allowed in the locker room and they're going to bring this out and they're going to do so. When they saw that they that worked, when the PR directors and the and the teams and the front offices saw, hey, we could keep these guys out and still give them what they a little bit of a little bit of info. That was going. That was never going to. They they had it where yeah. they wanted it there. That was yeah. the worst that could have happened to the media was. Um, you know, zooms and all that kind of, like you said, there's no, there's no personal contact now. There's no finding things out. And it's, it's, you know, it's, I would hate it. I'm thank God I got out. When no, I did. no, no question. Um, you know me, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't yes, I, I, uh, I'm glad I'm not there. Let's just say that. I, I, I used to like, you, I used to I'm really sure love, I used to love you getting into it with the Eagles coaching and administration and going on Angelo the next day and talking about it. That was, that was one of my favorite. Hey, listen, I know. I, I, didn't, I don't think I was, a. I, I just try. My oh, you're, was, Mark, you're a journalist. You ask yeah. tough questions. I mean, if I'm in that room, I'm, I'm asking the same things I'm talking about right here. Right. What's, what's going on here? That, well, that was my that's job. not, that's not being anti-Eagle. That's being, no, let's, I, I, let's right. figure out what's going on. My thing was I had, I had the privilege, I call it a privilege, of being being able to cover it. So I know what the fans, I think, I, I thought I knew what fans wanted to know. And they fans weren't allowed to come and ask questions, right? So I tried to ask what the fans wanted to know, what the, what the, the people that paid, you know, thousands of dollars a year to, to watch the Eagles play. So I, that's what I, I, people thought I was negative. No, I was just trying to find things out. And I did. That's what did reporters do. Out, you know, I don't know. Well, I know I know you've got a, a theory. Well, I got and, uh, yeah, I know, I know. I were, I want to we'll go over one or two more points, but I want to tease this. You've got a theory on on what may happen at the end of the season. I do want to mention that I think all signs point to a one and done in the playoffs. They're the fifth seed. That's probably where they're going to stay. Uh, they may have to go to some place like Tampa Bay. To, excuse me to play their their first playoff game. And in my mind, if this team can't beat the Arizona Cardinals at home on a game that means everything, in a game that means everything, how are they going to go to Tampa Bay and beat uh, beat a, a playoff team on their turf? I, I just don't, even though Tampa Bay is not a world beater, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I hate to agree with you on that, but I think you're right. I mean, yeah, if you can't, like you said, you couldn't pick a better team 
I mean, I don't know who else you'd want to play, but they, but they played the Giants the week before at home, who they're not good either, and they, they barely. Yeah, the yeah we had a two-point lead with the, in yeah. the fourth quarter against the I Giants. Mean, that, you know, I mean, who else do you want to play? Carolina? I mean, it doesn't get that. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be – here's all right. Let me just spell this out for the listeners that don't know. If As long as the Cowboys beat Washington, the Eagles are a fifth seed. Right. Cowboys win. They win the division. The Eagles go right. to five. And there's nothing. There's no, they can't fall to six. They can't. So they're they're locked in at five. And they're not losing uh, to Washington. So yeah. Washington. The they, they really don't. They really packed it in. So yeah, Riverboat uh, Ron's going to be looking for work. Oh yeah, Riverboat Ron's going to be yeah. maybe uh, yeah, might be working on a riverboat. You never know. Yeah, or, or enjoying his 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 retirement. But um, yeah, they're they're done. So yeah, Dallas wins. Dallas wins the division. The Eagles become the five seed. Um, and they will probably go to Tampa. Tampa only has to beat Carolina. To win the South. Now, if Tampa somehow loses, then New Orleans can win the South. But it's probably, I would say, there's a ninety percent chance that Eagles yeah. at Tampa. Um, and if they do lose that game, then you got a lot of questions that have to be. They, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have a lot of questions to answer about the future of this team. All right, well, let's talk about, by the way, the Eagles open up as a seven-point favorite against the Giants. That makes no sense to me. I mean, if you're if you're a betting person, how in the world could you uh, take the Eagles and lay points against anybody? The game, by the way, um, uh, the, Sirianni was asked about resting starters and everything. And, you know, they're going to be scoreboard watching because if Dallas takes a big lead on Washington, obviously the Eagles are going to uh, take some of their key players out of the game. So... Uh, if you're a betting person and you like money, I would take the points in that game. But, Mark, you have a theory on what may happen if this uh, continues uh, the way it's going. And you and I had a discussion about this earlier. I disagree, but it's, an interesting, it's an interesting theory, and I've heard it now from more than one person. Tell me what you think may happen if the Eagles uh, go out uh, uh, poorly this year. All right. Well, you always you always bring up something like this to me when you want to get me to say something. So, when I was a kid, I used to like playing that game where you could connect the dots mm-hmm. or a picture. I couldn't draw. I was the worst. I'm, I still can't draw a little bit. I'm the worst artist you've ever seen. <laughs> um, I can't play that that game. Pictionary, I can't play it. But, but I could connect the dots. So you go one, two, three, three. So let's connect the dots. Bill Belichick is not going to be coaching the New England Patriots next year. That's we, pretty we, much a given, yeah. Okay, all right. Is, is Bill Belichick going to still coach next year? I would say yes. I think he wants to break Don Shula's record. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's two dots. We one, two. So I've heard connect. I've heard, well, Belichick might go here. He might go there. He might go somewhere. First of all, he's not going to a team in, he's not going to Washington. He wants he to win. Yeah. He doesn't want to re he's 72 years old. He doesn't, he doesn't want to build a team. He doesn't, he's not on a five-year plan where, okay, we're, we're young. We're going to draft this rookie quarterback and, and in three years we'll, no, no. So throw out teams like Washington and Carolina. Why would he? Why would he want to yeah, do that? I, I mean, I thought maybe Chicago, but it looks like the Bears are going to bring back Eberflus. Uh, yeah. Now he wants. He's going to go. He's going to want to go to a team that's set up for him. Okay. People say, well, maybe the Chargers. Maybe Bill's a Northeast guy. Mm. He doesn't. He's not Hollywood. He doesn't want to go to L.A. <laughs> I'm serious. He, he spent most know. of his career as an assistant with Listen. the Giants. New York. Pretty nice place to retire out in L.A. Yeah, San Diego. But he's a northeastern. No, you're a northeastern. You don't want to go out to L.A. Yeah, don't don't, don't be too sure about that. Mm. Plus, that team's not in great shape either. They have the quarterback. Mm. They're they're well over the cap. 
Oh, they need defensive help badly. And they're old. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, if the Jeffrey Lurie, what, what I know about Jeffrey Lurie, and I covered him from the time. He's he a Boston guy, right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> was he a, a Patriot fan growing I, up? I, I think he was. Season tickets, him and Joe Banner mm-hmm. going back okay. yep. But well, yep. What I also know about Jeffrey Lurie is, and you could say this is good or bad, probably a little bit of both, He's he's fan friendly in terms of he he listens to what's going on. You know, I'm not saying he always does what the fans want him to do, but he listens. He doesn't like hearing his team getting booed off the field at home. Doesn't like that. He doesn't like his star players not you know not liking his coach. I mean, he's gotten you know if 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 this team falls if they lose in that first round. I think Nick Sirianni is in a lot of trouble, a mm-hmm. lot of trouble, and and I and rightfully so. I don't well, think Nick. Let's say this: if this team needs to be fixed, I don't think Nick Sirianni is the guy that can fix it. I, I just don't. I was told before the season, when when or during the offseason, I guess when when Shane Striking left to become the head head coach of the Colts. What a great job he's done! It's a mm-hmm. marvelous job. I was somebody somebody who I really trust told me. Watch the Eagles this year because Striking was the brains of the operation. Hmm. It turned out this guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah. I'll tell you another Jeffrey Lurie story as it regards Bill Belichick. Because you know where I'm going at this point, right? I do. So, <laughs> um, this is years ago. Um, a friend of mine who was with the team at the time, and this was during the, um, the draft. It wasn't the first round, but like second or third round of the draft. The Patriots called the Eagles. They're, they're, they're looking to make a trade, move up, move back, whatever it was. And my friend, who happened to be one of the guys on in the draft room, was on the phone. He says, and he yells out to Andy, um, "I got the Patriots on the phone. They're they're willing to do this, this, and 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 Lori comes in. You got the Patriots are on the phone. I want to talk to Bill. I want to talk to Bill. I want to talk to Bill. Huh. My friend's like, well, first of all, it's Scott, not." Scott, Scott Piola. Right, right. I got Scott. It's not Bill. And can you keep it down? Because I can't hear what he's saying. You're making too much noise. <laughs> so that whole, like, he's a fan of the guy. He loves the guy. Yeah. I think if Belichick's available, which we all think he's going to be, and Sirianni is in the trouble that we think he may be, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. I think we'll reach out to Bill Belichick about coming in here and, and taking over this, this, this okay. team. Okay. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Lori hasn't reached out to Belichick's people, or not him himself because he's busy, but his agent or someone in his in his group, just to test the waters of would he be interested. All right. So for so for everybody who's our age, do you remember Point Counterpoint on CNN? Do you remember that show? It was great. It was. uh, I can't remember who the 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 two uh, constituents were, but anyway. Here's why I don't think that's going to happen. Number one, the Eagles could fire Sirianni. I don't. I don't. If they could fire Doug Peterson two years after winning the Super Bowl, this guy was in the Super Bowl last year. But if they're not happy with the direction the team is going, there, there's no loyalty with the Eagles. They're they're cold business people. They're going to do whatever they think is in the best interest of the franchise, and you know they'll cut Sirianni loose. I could see that happening. Why I don't think the Belichick thing would happen is because the Eagles were burned by the Chip Kelly situation, who came over and took over every aspect of the franchise, sent Howie to another building, who sat there sequestered with a powerless 
for the the couple of years. How long was Chip Kelly here? Two or three years? I, I three. don't remember. Three years. Three. So he two sat at powerless and and after the Eagles let Andy Reid go, they hired Doug Peterson, who I, I thought was a, a chip stretch. A chip, 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 right? And then Doug Peterson, right. um, which I thought was uh, a stretch because. You know, I, I I like Doug as a player and as a person. I know I played uh, in golf tournaments with him. But I didn't think he had the qualifications to, yet to be a head coach. I thought he was one in the future. He wasn't even a coordinator at any point. But I was wrong. And they, they hired a quality guy, and he took the team to the Super Bowl, and he won it. Um, and, then, uh, and then they let him go because they didn't want him to hire his own coordinators, which gives you a little bit uh, an idea of the Eagles management mindset. They don't care. They want what they want. I don't see them giving the keys of the franchise to anybody else where they're not going to be in total control. And Belichick is not going to take orders from Howie Roseman. Let, let, let's be honest about it. So those are the reasons why. Listen, would I like to see it happen? I would. I'd love to see Bill Belichick coaching coaching the Eagles and you know rallying this team. What a great story that would be! But I just don't see the Eagles management uh, doing that and, and making that happen. I think it's a I think it's a fun story to think about, and I get your and I get your theory about their Boston guys. They love Belichick and all that. They love money and control more than they love Bill Belichick. So I don't see that happening. I hope I'm wrong, but okay. I don't see it happening. Here's the here's the control thing. And I know what you're saying. And Bill's not going to kick Howie to the closet. He's not going to put him back in the in the, in the storage closet. Bill had Scott Pioli for most of his tenure mm-hmm. in New England. And Pioli, because listen, in this day in the NFL, this isn't 50 years ago, 20, even 20 years ago, where a coach can do everything. No, no, I get it, but there's somebody's got to have the final say, Mark. Some, oh, some, Bill's some, gonna some, yeah, yeah, Bill's some, gonna that's my point. But 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 Howie could you play think, that You role. think Howie and Jeff are going to let somebody else have the final say it's over their Belichick, Yeah, I just I don't think they will. So, I don't, gonna let I don't think they would. If Vince Lombardi was uh, reincarnated, I don't think <laughs> well, they would give it to Boston. him. He's not from Boston. Lombardi's <laughs> not from Boston. He didn't grow up. He's from New York. <laughs> Close enough. Lori, Lori didn't grow up. Idolizing. Yeah. I get it. I get Belichick. it. I'm just Let's saying, see. I think Belichick could come in, make Howie feel like. Hey, you're my guy. You'll do everything Scott did. Me and you're going to work this. Day. Belichick's a smooth enough convincer, like Dick Vermeil did with Leonard Toast. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the, well, Leonard Toast is pretty desperate at that point. He needed. Oh, but I'm the, saying Dick let, let, to shock the franchise. But Dick let Leonard from. I, I wasn't around then, but I've written. I've mm-hmm. some books I've written. I'm talked to people I've, I've I've interviewed. Dick was great at letting Leonard think he was involved when he really wasn't. Right. Well, that was that was kind of out of necessity, really. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, this would be necessity too. Belichick will make Howie feel great. He'll yeah. make him. He's not going to be like Chip, who hated Howie and wanted him out of out of his sight. Yeah. yeah. About football. Belichick will make Howie feel. Hey, you're my guy. Listen, I'm coach. You you go out. You do your scouting. You tell me who the best players. Are. We'll we'll get together. We're going to turn this. We're we're going to win a couple Super Bowls together. Me and you, Howie. And Howie'd be like, "Oh, Bill Belichick told me I was good." It's I'm telling you, and don't count this out. Don't well, count listen, th- listen. You've been a journalist a lot longer than I have, and uh, you guys have a sense for this type of thing. <laughs> I've been wrong a lot in my life, and I'm hope I'm wrong this time because I would love to see Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Again, Eagles. Again, it's all prefaced. This is all prefaced on the Eagles losing, right? 
Um, which, yeah, yeah, which uh, that's the direction it looks like it's heading. But anyway, again, uh, 30 minutes goes so quickly. We're talking about a subject that uh, Mark and I are passionate about and everybody listening, how, uh, of course, is passionate about. Um, we're going to report on the Eagles uh, results next week. They play the Giants at 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. We'll be back early next week to talk about that, their playoff opponent and site will be determined at that point. We'll do a little playoff preview and see where this thing goes in the future. Don't have my hopes up, but there is always hope. So for Mark Eckel, this is Ken Dunnick. Thanks everybody for listening to the Bird Brains with Ken and Mark, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.